0: Hey, I'm Robert Scoble, and I'm at the Big Ideas Fest, which is a conference in Half Moon Bay right by my house for educators and and talking about innovation in education. And uh, who are you?
1: I'm Tim Forker, Superintendent Principal at Williamsfield Schools
0: in Williamsfield, Illinois. Illinois. That's a it's a ways from here.
1: <laughs> it is, but the weather's kind of the same right now. I'm, I left warm cold, weather. Cold and chilly. <laughs> yeah, pretty. You guys say it's cold here. I think it's warm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We're, we're this here. Is cold for California. <laughs> it's,
0: like, it's like forty degrees. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. That's what the, Lisa was saying, make sure you you wear layers, and I was packing shorts and t-shirts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, at least it's sunny and not too windy, which is really nice. Yeah. Anyway, so we were talking about what's happening in schools, and you were uh, saying you're buying Chromebook. Well, tell me what you're, how, how you approach technology, I guess, what, what's going on in the, in the classroom in, in rural Illinois.
1: Yeah, basically, the bottom line is bang for the buck, you know. And in a school where you don't have a lot of technology support, it's how easily can you deploy educational apps onto devices and get the devices in the hands of kids. And Google Play for Education has really you know, started to, to get our attention. Yeah. Um,
0: and why is that? Is, is it because Chromebooks are there? Or, uh, tell me why uh, Google is doing so well in education.
1: For us, the devices are a lot more economical, and it comes with a management console that one person can manage and maintain. Um, as far as purchasing apps, it's easy for, for a teacher to distribute apps to devices that are set up to a group of students in her particular class. Um, the current iPad system that we have in our early primary grades is just a little bit—it's a little bit more labor-intensive to get the apps on a, on a device that a teacher wants to use.
0: Yeah, so you have to have iTunes and, and figure it all out. Where Google Chrome, you just sign in with a, a username and a password, and off you go, right?
1: Right, and then the teacher—you know—theoretically, uh, we're still exploring some stuff in the Google Play for Education, but. With a tablet, a teacher can have her admin tablet, and she can share, well, via her Google account, she can go online and share whatever apps that she wants to with the the predetermined Google group that is her, you know, the kids uh, in her particular section of that grade.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tell me what what you guys are paying, well, first of all, do you have a computer for every kid yet? Uh, Tell me.
1: We do not. We still have classroom sets, and, and we kind of mix and match, too, when one teacher has a prep period we steal devices from her and put them in kids hands in other rooms so we're not a one-to-one yet um, we're hoping to get there
0: when uh, my 19 year old was in the elementary uh, at a private school in los altos they couldn't afford to buy computers because they were you know a good computer back then was two thousand dollars tell me what a like a chromebook costs today
1: Chromebook right now we can get the, the most economical Acer for 199, which makes it 230 with the management subscription. Um, the newer Acers are looking at 250 to 280 and the Samsung's are 250. So it, we've got four quality devices to choose from that we feel you know we field tested um, all of them except for the, the newer touchscreen Acer. Um, they're all durable, they all work well and they're all under $300.
0: That's just crazy. <laughs> so.
1: Oh, it totally is. And, and we've even went with our, um, you know, just exploring our the current desktops that we have. We're not going to throw them away. You know, we're going to continue to upgrade them, and we're going to try and put wireless modules on them so that we can kind of make those as mobile as we can. And by and large, most of our kids, with the exception of our, our higher-level high school tech-related courses, they're just using the devices to... Browse the internet anyway. Utilize their Google apps, you know, and all the, all the applications and the, you know, the the, um, Docs suite, the Drive that comes with that.
0: It's interesting. I, you know, you, you start to understand why uh, Microsoft is getting so nervous about Google, uh, taking over the world. Yeah. yeah it, well, for
1: for us, economics is a is a big part of it, but it's also lowering down some of the walls that exist, um, not just for content, but. Um, for example, prior to this year, we had three different versions of Microsoft Word on desktops, so we would have to continually save things in the oldest version that we had, so that teachers could open up attachments when they were um, sent emails, when emails were distri- distributed, you know, throughout the staff. Yeah. Um, now, we've, this year, we transitioned to the Google Apps for Ed, and we utilize Drive, That's and it's, it's no longer an issue for us.
0: Yeah. That that's pretty crazy. Are you using tablets in the, uh, the classroom? Well, you mentioned iPads, so you, you must have some iPads somewhere.
1: Yeah, we've got some iPads. Currently, we, we just purchased some Nexus Sevens um, to get access to the Google Play for Education store and put some of those in our in some of our higher level uh, high school kids' hands to see what kind of content they can curate with them. And we're anticipating some you know a quality 10-inch Acer. Um, coming out in January, February, early 2014.
0: What's the price difference between Zoom? Yeah, I use iPad and, and a Nexus 7. Anyway, so um, how much is an iPad and how much is a Nexus 7 costing you?
1: Generally, a Nexus 7 is 200 bucks. We, we get it with the management you know, license, so it's $230. Um, iPad, we're looking more at the six, $700 range.
0: Um, wow. And, and so they don't give you an education discount or anything like Apple's really holding the price up? Yeah, they pretty much hold their price up. Interesting. Yeah. What, and Which really,
1: Google does too, because theirs are listed. That's, we buy them for basic list price on Amazon, so yeah. we're not getting an education deal per se.
0: Right, but uh, Google is selling them out pretty much what they cost to build, where Apple's making their 30 to 50%. Right?
1: right. And from our angle, we're just, we're trying to get devices in front of, you know, we're trying to get learning activities in front of kids and personalize the education experience as much as we can. Yeah. So the more devices we can get that are top notch in quality, the better off it is for our, our kids and our community.
0: What are you finding about the app, uh, app quality differences between uh, Android tablet and uh, I, iPad? Are you finding there is a gap or are you not? Tell me what you're finding.
1: Yeah, Apple's still, uh, they're still the leader. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a difficult switch for, especially our kindergarten our first grade teachers who have been in that world and they've got the apps that they love to use and they know that work. Um, we're anticipating the you know the Android developers to catch up, um, and we're seeing that gap close pretty fast. And it looks like with the Google Play for Education Store, they've they've targeted maybe the higher level. Um, chemistry, physics type applications to get in the door with the older kids. So we're going to try and leverage some of that potential that exists right now.
0: Cool. What What else is it like being a superintendent in Illinois, and and what are you seeing happen with technology, and what are you uh, focusing on at this uh, conference, the Big Ideas Fest?
1: Um, from a, from a Big Ideas Fest standpoint, it's just for for me. I'm I'm content driven and content oriented. So we've got bandwidth at our place. Not all you know, people in our part of the world have, have the bandwidth that they need. We're, we're fortunate we do. We, I think we're strategically attacking the device. You know, we've got the infrastructure in place. We're strategically attacking the devices. I, so I think I like how that's fallen in line. Now we just need the content, not just apps, but learning resources that are openly licensed that we can get to. Um, because one of the strategies we've used to get technologies, we basically cut our textbook budget in half and doubled our tech budget in order to get devices in kids' hands. So now we need to make sure the content's there.
0: Yeah. So you guys have good, uh, wireless infrastructure in the, in the classrooms? Cause not every school has that, like you said, um, what, what do you think is the challenge there for most, most schools and why isn't it a challenge for you? Um, well, first of
1: all, we've got a local telecom provider that works with us. We've got a mid-century telephone co-op that, that feeds our community, so they've helped us get fiber to our building just this fall. Um, and, you know, your big AT&Ts and Frontier don't necessarily... I mean, it's a little bit more about bottom line, and it's hard for them to justify running, you know, five or five miles to a community of 600 people that they're not going to get their money back on. So that's one hurdle we don't have. Uh, <clears throat> we have... a. A good maintenance guy and a good tech guy, and and a few of us that are tech savvy. You know, we laid the cable ourselves. We researched what wireless um, access points to buy, switches, and, and and put all that stuff in ourselves this summer. So so we have infrastructure to to meet the you know the SEGA guidelines for as far as the eye can see. Um, it's just a matter of how much external bandwidth we want to pay for.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so. What's what's gotten us a little bit farther is we've got the local telecom provider and we've got good personnel in house and not all rural districts are that fortunate to have the, the quality personnel that
0: we have. Yeah. So really a multi-level problem. You you, you not only have to afford uh, devices for every kid, which is becoming less of a problem as the costs come down to two hundred fifty bucks, but still is something. You know. Yeah.
1: Right.
0: Um, it's a lot better than it was you know, when my kids were in... You know.
1: Right, but the, the big push in the rural areas is that people think they're going to get a, a step ahead on, on other districts if they go one-to-one and they ignore the infrastructure or the, just the, you know, the qualified manpower to maintain or, or upgrade a system for the devices to work well. So we know neighboring districts that have, are struggling, they're one-to-one, but they can't do anything with the devices that they have.
0: Yeah, it's uh really interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see what I learn over the next few de- few days here. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, it's a problem because these things go obsolete pretty fast. You know, an iPad. I have an iPad One, and it's barely working at this point. You know, it just doesn't have the uh, the the processing power to keep up with the modern modern yeah. apps. And it's
1: a mind shift change, and we have to sell our communities and board on these devices are gonna have about a three year shelf life. And we just have to know that when we make a purchase. Um, I've got, you know, friends in the community that um, get get vocal about the fact that we should wait to make purchases because something else is going to come out. And if you get in that mindset, you never make a purchase.
0: No. You got to buy in at some point. <laughs> time. Yeah. Well, sure. cool. Where do we find you guys? Uh, do you have a blog or Twitter or anything uh, like that?
1: Williamsfield Schools. Are, uh, we're big on nicknames. So our, our website's Billtown.org. So if you look for Billtown Bombers on Twitter or Williamsfield Schools on Google Plus or, or Billtown.org, that's where you can find us.
0: All right, cool. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks.